Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Rebuild. I'm Henry Ettinger, coming to you late on a Sunday night. This one will go up on Monday morning, but I am very excited to talk with my next guest. We actually used to be interns together back in the day at ESPN Cleveland. Now he's there all the time, full time. Jordan Klimek, how are you doing on this Sunday night? I am doing good, man. Uh, glad to be back here. Uh, actually, so just a quick backstory. So I actually started um, with Blue Wire about, uh, what was it, two, two years ago or so at this point. Mm-hmm. It was right when they were, you know, a month or two into their inception. So I got to shout out real quick, my guy, Kevin Jones. <laughs> shout yeah. out to you. Shout out to Tyler Chin, all the, all the people there at Blue Wire. Uh, Peter Moses. Got to get my shout outs in for the Blue Wire crew real quick. But uh, happy to be with you, uh, Henry. Thank you for having me, my man. Yeah, Jordan. Jordan and I have overlapped now at, at, at two different places, right. and uh, he he is a all over the Browns on a daily basis. So very excited to bring him in. And Jordan, specifically, we want to talk about what's going on on Browns Twitter on uh, across the Browns' entire fan base. As it started really with Bill Barnwell, right? He he writes an yes. ESPN article. <laughs> And he throws out the Browns as a trade destination for Deshaun Watson, right? And that sparks the, the Baker Mayfield, Deshaun Watson debate. And now it's kind of also been, been thrown around with Matthew Stafford as he get dealt to the Rams in exchange for Jared Goff yesterday. And so for all of this, I just, I, I want to talk about where we see Baker Mayfield in the grand scheme of things, as far as NFL quarterbacks go, but to start Jordan, Talk to me about what you thought about that Bill Barnwell piece and, and that trades idea specifically between Baker Mayfield and Deshaun Watson and kind of comparing those two together. Yeah. So I, you know, I was kind of mind blown at first when I saw that because, you know, I'm still riding high off of, you know, that wild card went over the Steelers and, you know, hanging in there against Kansas city, ultimately not getting the job done, but I was still kind of riding off of that. And, you know, Baker played really well in both of those games. So to me, it was kind of like, we're, we're doing this, we're doing this already. Like, like, come on. Like we, for so long, we wanted to get that starting quarterback, that franchise quarterback. That's what the Browns had been missing for so long. You get one. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, maybe we could get better here. Maybe we get better there. I thought it was a little wild when I saw that first man, but I mean, you know, you got to get your clicks in in, in the offseason. Um, I, I love Bill Barnwell and all the work he does. But when I saw that, I mean, I get it. I get it. The whole Deshaun versus Baker thing. But you, when you put them side by side, Henry, like what, like who, like Baker's done more, has he not? Like, I mean, to me, what it seems like in the small amount of time, I guess they're very comparable for the, you know, you know, because they're the same age, you know, they, you know, both have taken their teams to the playoffs before. But for me, it's like we have our guy. We have our guy aligned with other people like Denzel Ward, like Nick Chubb, other guys that I'm sure we'll get to throughout this podcast. But, you know, guys that came in in the same draft and you have the chance to have their, you know, contracts lined up going into the future. I thought that would be, you know, of the utmost importance. But you see this and, you know, I don't know. It's just the whole Deshaun Watson thing. Like, I, I don't get where it came from. I get the whole trade request, but where, where the bronze came into play, I guess it was all Bill Barnwell, right? Like you, you said <laughs> yeah. it, like he kind of set the fire and then kind of, you know, he set the torch and watched everything play out beneath him. Cause I mean, Hey, like we've been talking about it all week at work. I'm sure like you've been talking about it. Everyone's been talking about it. It's Deshaun versus Baker. I mean, Baker's even weighed in on it himself on Twitter. So 
it's it's been a wild uh it's been a wild week for sure in the uh sports talk industry henry for sure and for me the con i first of all as far as bill barnwell goes so it, it was the 14th most likely option out of like 17 right like bill barnwell was yeah. not saying this happened and nobody's actually saying this is going to happen because it's but not people have right? been coming for his throat too man like people <laughs> want him on twitter so yeah and you're right about the point that that the browns have their franchise quarterback right this is not happening. Baker Mayfield is a franchise quarterback. And I didn't really get why Brown's Twitter or Brown's fans or, you know, callers in the ESPN Cleveland and other stations were fueling this fire, right? Because as you said, we finally got a guy. Like this is the first time in so many off seasons. And I mentioned this on the pod a couple of times before I see all these quarterback rumors and I'm like, Hey, I don't have to worry about it. Right. Yeah. I, this is the finally, we don't have to worry about this. And, and that's should be the, the fantastic part, but yet this came up anyway. And, and specifically as far as the trade goes that, that Bill Barnwell threw out there, it involved Odell Beckham and some future picks as well. And to me, where, where this conversation ends, as far as that trade goes is at the very least, I consider Baker Mayfield and Deshaun Watson in the same tier of quarterback. And although I actually see Deshaun Watson as a slightly better quarterback, and we can talk about that coming up here in a second, to the idea that the Browns would all of a sudden need to give up so much, you know, Odell Beckham and all of these assets in order to get Deshaun Watson, to me, is too far-fetched. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Russell Wilson. I know the analytics loved him this year, but he's not in that top tier one class of quarterbacks to me. And, and he falls more in kind of that second tier, which I think is where Baker falls right now as, as well. So that's where I just, I didn't get that at all. Just trying to look at it as neutral, neutrally as possible. I don't know about you. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a great point. Like that's kind of where he lost to me as well. Like I, you can listen to the Baker for Deshaun thing, right? Because I, as I said, they're comparable in a lot of instances and, you know, can't, coming into the league around the same time being the same age. But then when you start to throw in Odell, it's like, okay, so you're telling me you have a franchise quarterback in Baker Mayfield, and you and I can both agree he's a franchise quarterback, as you said. Mm -hmm. Deshaun Watson, obviously also a franchise quarterback. So if you're going to say you're going to trade a franchise quarterback for a franchise quarterback, and then you're going to throw in Odell on top of that, who when healthy is a premier wide receiver in the NFL. So that's where you lose me. It's like, okay. I franchise quarterback for franchise quarterback on top of a weapon like Odell, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And it, it would be a lot to give up. And I get like, are we going to get into this whole, <laughs> uh, like if we are, let's just get it out of the way. Now this whole, uh, Od are the Browns better without Odell thing? Because you know that that's part of the conversation as well for a lot of Browns fans who, for whatever reason, haven't, um, you know, taking what Baker did in his rookie year without Odell then what happened last year, that whole debacle. And then this year obviously goes down against the Bengals. You know, Baker was 0 for 5 and, you know, didn't complete a pass in the first quarter. Odell goes down and all of a sudden he takes off. So, and then, you know, we see what he does for the rest of the year. To me, that was just more getting comfortable in the offense, getting comfortable, getting a couple of weeks under him in Stefanski's system rather than it was just losing Odell. I would have loved to see what Odell would have been able to do if he stayed healthy and stayed in this offense for, you know, a sustained period of time. So it's like, where do you, like, the whole thing of Odell, I got a Browns better without Odell. Like, no, keep him. It's an asset. Keep him. Let him grow in this offense. I don't want to hear him considered in this trade because Henry, quite frankly, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Okay, like I said, we could talk about Baker versus Deshaun. We could start talking about Odell in there as well. It's just It just doesn't make any sense. And then even from a Texan standpoint, it's like, 
wouldn't you be trying to rebuild at that point? Would you want to bring Odell into that knowing like, you know, maybe he might be unhappy if he doesn't get the ball, like kind of for both teams, it almost didn't make sense to me when I heard Odell mentioned in that trade. And I, I think you're right to bring up that this doesn't exist in a vacuum, right? And when you're comparing Deshaun and Baker specifically, as I said, I do want to get to kind of a larger conversation because I feel like this isn't going to be the end of it this offseason just because the QB carousel is going to be rolling. But as far as Deshaun and Baker go specifically, right, you have to look at, at the circumstances around them. And for me, part of the reason why this is so difficult is Deshaun Watson came in with a well-acclaimed offensive head coach in Bill O'Brien he and as far as Bill O'Brien the GM and all of those things yes Bill O'Brien was not good in those areas but he had success with other quarterbacks before Deshaun Watson that are not household names and are not starting quarterbacks in the league anymore either and Deshaun had weapons certainly as well with DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller now his offensive line wasn't very good but you look at it this year with Baker he had a, a, you know, a first year had, you know, in with Hugh Jackson, the first year he, he sets records with a, a coach that should got fired deservedly. So, and then the, his replacement the next year isn't deserving of being the head coach and isn't experienced enough in the NFL. So you get to his third year, it's his first full year with a competent head coach, his first full year. And he's got an offensive line to protect him. And yes, Odell goes down. So for me as well, you don't, it's unclear, right? That's to me, the takeaway is what Baker's ceiling to me is unclear at this moment. And so if he's already what you would consider a top, you know, conservatively 10, 12 quarterback in the league, and you don't yet know his ceiling. And if he's a franchise guy, nobody is moving off that. Right. Like he had, yes, he was missing Odell. Who's probably his most dynamic playmaker as a receiver. It was his first year in Kevin Stefanski system. Oh, by the way, they didn't even have an off season to practice and they barely had any practices during the year because of all the COVID absences. I, I just don't see how, if there's not a clear valuation, you can move off of, of Baker Mayfield for anybody, but the quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson, who's nobody's trading anyway. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, it's just, it's just been a wild conversation. And I'm going to circle back to just the fact that, like, we, again, have been, like, that's all I've ever wanted, right? I'm 26 years old, and you're around the same age as I am. Like, my entire, like, I'm wearing a bronze hoodie right now. Like, the whole, my whole life, all I've wanted was a quarterback, someone I can root for, someone that I love, someone who becomes one with the city, who embraces the city, and the city embraces him back. Like, kind of like, you know, I always heard about Bernie back in the days. Like, it was kind of that love for the quarterback. And we finally have that in Baker Mayfield and people want to move on. I, I, I really, I don't get it. I don't understand. Like, what do you think it is? Like, what do you think the, like, cause there are people that like, they just want to move on. They don't think he's the guy yet. And I, I don't understand that because for 90, 1994, that was the last time the Browns won a playoff game. He broke, he like, he just keeps knocking down these barriers for the Browns. Like first win in Pittsburgh, first playoff win, first playoff road win. Like, what is enough? Like, I, I don't understand. Like, what is enough? That's what I want to figure out. And I don't know if you have the answer to this, Henry. I don't think that I do, but I don't know where that, like, not sold on Baker comes from. Is it because, like, they still have the sour taste in their mouth from last year and kind of got off to that slow start this year? Like, is it that? I don't know. I think it goes back even longer. Baker was an extremely polarizing prospect. I think when the Browns took him number one, there were some people that loved it. There were some people that hated it. And then his first year, he has success. And all the people that loved it were like, hey, hey, look, 
They nailed it. They nailed it. And then I think those guys, you know, in year two, when Baker struggles, the, the, the other side, the other camp comes in and right. wants to be right as well. And I think this year, you saw Baker struggle early and then progress to be what he was at the end of the season. And I still think there are people that either don't believe he's the franchise quarterback or, or have major hesitancies. And I feel like I was in the middle for a while, right? Like I was like, Hey, I want to see his third year. And halfway through the season, I said, Hey, I need the other eight games because it's been so early in this Kevin Stefanski system. And I love what's going on, but I need to see more. And then finally it got to like, week 13, week 14. And you're like, okay, like what more do I need to see? He's doing so well. And then in the, in the clincher against the Steelers and then in the first playoff game against the Steelers. And then frankly, in the loss to Kansas city, I mean, all of that to me added up to where I was like, okay, I'm neutral. And now I'm leaning Baker. And now I'm fully Baker Mayfield as a franchise quarterback. But I think there are a lot of people both within the Browns fan base and within the kind of the media. And then within the media at large nationally, who all, are a little bit rooting for Baker to fail and kind of yeah. feel like, hey, we're selling Baker at his highest point right now, rather than believing that he can go even higher than than the level he showed this last season. Yeah, like to me, I, I feel like the conversation with the people that for whatever reason want to move on, or maybe they're just not sold yet. It's like a lot of things adding up, right? Like maybe it's the commercials. You see him, you know, you see too much of him. You know, it's the, the bickering back and forth last year with, you know, the Colin Cowherds of the world, which he's dialed back on. Like, can we give him a credit? Lot. It's like, have you seen any of that this year? Because I haven't seen any of that. No, he, I, and it was one of the things I credited Kevin Stefanski most is the Browns were a quiet organization this year, despite their I mean, success. You know what it is? It's like they say, it's in this cliche, but it's right. Like your team takes on the personality of your head coach. And, and to this year, it really seems like the Browns did. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Stefanski's a quiet guy. He kind of gives you the most cookie cutter answers in, <laughs> in media sessions. Him, in yeah, you can't, you now. really can't, which of Good course I'm sure is frustrating <laughs> for, for you guys uh, on the daily, uh, you know, trying to talk about the Browns on a daily basis. But I think the Browns modeled that for the most part. And even when Baker chimed in on this on Twitter, it was kind of like a y'all are crazy kind of thing, yeah. right? Like he didn't, you know, all of a sudden start blasting Deshaun or doing anything like that. So I, I believe, you know, I think, it's, it's one of those things where, and it's talking about his play, but also the off the field stuff. Can we allow for some growth, for some maturity? And it seems like Baker Mayfield's made that. So I don't, I don't get why so many are so hesitant to accept that, that he's, he's gotten better both on and off the field. It's because like, you know, people have, have built this brand off of just bashing his name into the ground for so long that it's like, when it goes against what they want to, you know, the narrative they want to push. And then all of a sudden, you know, they start to get a little sour taste in their mouth and not like it. But I want to go back to something that you mentioned of like watching Baker develop in uh, Kevin Stefanski's system. And to me, like to your point, you said like you at, at earlier in the season, you're like, okay, I need the, those eight games. I need the last eight games of the year to be like, okay, we have our answer on the guy. Because again, to your point, like the third year, right? This is the third year. So the question was, okay, rookie season you come in you break the rookie touchdown record which has since been broken by Herbert but uh he breaks that record his rookie year second year comes in with Freddie Kitchens I, it's, I don't even want to say his name but I got <laughs> I, I gotta say his name uh Freddie Kitchens he comes in and you know that was just a whole it was just a mess I mean let's just put it for what it was like I don't understand how you can expect anyone to succeed in some of the situations and some of the stuff that was going on behind the scenes with you know 
the, the back and forth between the coaches and Todd Momkin and not getting his way, Freddie, not getting his way, the team, not getting prepared. We don't need to get into it. I mean, it's, it's well, it's well written in the story of the Cleveland Browns at this point, but yeah, just like to watch, you know, that happened last year and then fold into this year. And then you say, okay, if he can make strides, because it looks, it, it seems like when the Browns went out and they, they understand that Baker Mayfield was good at a certain amount of things. And one of those things being play action passing and his ability to throw on the run, the bootlegs, the nakeds and all that. They bring in a guy with Kevin Stavansky who runs that system, brings in Bill Callahan with him, you know, the wide zone blocking scheme and all that. So they go out and make these moves and you say, okay, you got to show me what you can do in your third year. And it gets off to that slow start. And, you know, I think people were even calling for him to be benched in that Steelers game, right? Like I saw some stuff on Twitter, like, Hey, is uh, what's Case Keenum doing over there? Is he, is he getting his arm warm? And it's just like, okay, stop. Like let's, let's hold the brakes here. But to your point, I was like, okay, let's, but we have to see you get better because right now it doesn't look like you're still getting better. I mean, I'll go to that Minka Fitzpatrick interception um, on that disguised coverage that he threw for that pick six that like the game had just started and all of a sudden it sounded, it seemed like it had ended already just because it was such a colossal mistake and the kind of the air was just sucked out of the place. But um, just watch that, like that play. And it's like, okay, are you really getting better at reading coverages? Like, are you understanding the game, how defenses are trying to play you and all that? So again, we have to see the next eight games and then he starts to get better and better and better. And for me, it all culminated in that Giants game, right? That Sunday night Giants game in New York where like, that was to me, that was the game where I was like, okay, the Browns have arrived. It was a boring road win on Sunday night, which is like unheard of. It's like, the Browns just kind of like, there was no drama involved in this win. You were supposed to go into New York, get the win. That's exactly what you did. And Baker balled out. He was in complete control of that entire game. And that was the first time where I looked at it and was like, okay, he's confident. He's going to the line. He's making the calls. He looks like he's settled into Stefanski's offense. And you saw what he was doing. He was ripping passes all year. And it continued to add up the... Jets game is an anomaly because, I mean, they were – the Browns are practicing in a parking garage like the morning of trying to get their receivers acclimated. So I don't look too much into that. And then you look at, like, you know, the Steelers game that last week of the season wasn't the best game. But, again, he still looked comfortable in the offense and what the plays that they were going to call and how he's going to execute them. Then he goes into Pittsburgh, gets the job done there, has a great game, no turnovers, anything like that. Goes into Kansas City. I don't know how you think about his performance in Kansas City, but I thought, dude, balled out in that game he was ripping the ball all over the field had the one pick which was I I believe it was like his first pick since that Bengals no he had threw a pick against the Jets I believe but either way it was like his second pick that he'd thrown in like nine weeks at that point I was like okay he has settled into his system this is exactly what we wanted we need to keep going forward with this because it looks to me like there's only ways to get better and keep growing and keep evolving in the system and you get Odell back add him into the system like why do we want to rip that away we don't want to rip that away we want to keep it going and you know that's just my two cents on that because like like you said you get the guy in the right system for the first time it seems like ever you don't have to bring in a new coordinator you don't have to like the same coaching staff is going to be back it's time for this team to grow under this coaching staff not rip it apart yeah and i want to go back to that giants game that you brought up because i i feel like that was a great point right baker mayfield got to the point this season where he dominated a team and, and that's what happened in that game and that was my takeaway after the game it was kind of my like post game rant on the podcast was the Browns did what great teams do in that game. They dominated 
from start to finish. They really didn't let the Giants in at all and, and cleaned up and took care of business. And how many times can you say that in, in the last 20 years with this Browns team? It just doesn't happen. And, and Baker was in full control and, and continued to be. And for me, as I look at Baker Mayfield's season, it was Kevin Stefanski started out making things easier on him. You saw the bootlegs, you saw the play action, everything was, hey, we're going to make this a little bit easier on Baker Mayfield. He was, I think, a little fairly criticized for being gun shy at times last year, but his offensive line was also bad last year compared to this year. And his, his pocket passing needed some work. But as the season went along, you saw those bootlegs start to disappear a little bit. You saw them start to go with some deeper shots down the field. You, you saw Baker stand in a lot more and deliver from the pocket and then stand in and then kind of just scramble away through the front of the pocket rather than that like back right exit that we see from him, you know, from oh, time to time. He loved the second he got pressure, man. He was scrambling to the left. It was yeah. like, yeah, it's a huge difference to your point. I, I credit a lot of that to the offensive line, Bill mm-hmm. Callahan, everything he's done, like you mentioned. I mean, Jack Conklin, arguably – top three free agent signing but yeah he was definitely comfortable more comfortable in that but um sorry i just, I just had to say like no, immediately right uh, off the, the bat like <laughs> that, that's that bootleg to the left obviously Baker yeah loves it. And, and he you know he had some fun joking about how that's all stefanski calls sometimes but <laughs> yeah. i agree with you that his performance in that kansas city game i thought was extremely impressive i don't i mean i don't know how you could complain about baker mayfield's performance in that game really at all i thought from a throws perspective he did everything i'd love nick chubb to bring in one or two of those screens when he had no, 20 yards in front started. of him no, don't get don't get me started <laughs> and and obviously you know and in that game you know can be litigated a million times over but i thought it was a, a defensive issue obviously for how that that went down and baker not getting another chance was was a bummer but I, to me, it, it only continued my belief in him. Kansas City threw a lot at him from a defensive perspective. And then you saw the next week, Kansas City do the same thing to Josh Allen. And Josh Allen did not look nearly as good as Baker Mayfield did against that same defense. So I saw progression from him. I saw, look, are there things still for him to work on? Absolutely. I'd love to st- still see a little bit more consistency on some of those deep intermediate shots. It feels like those are the ones he loses sometimes where they're a little high, uh, he missed a couple guys in the end zone kind of towards the back half of the season. But I frankly, I didn't see a ton of that in the last two or three games. And, and so I'd love to see him develop there. And frankly, the other thing that I'd love to see it, which we're not going to get for a while is what happens, you know, if he loses some of these weapons, because right now he's got a great situation, right. And, and it's not going to stay that way forever. Nick Chubb's going to get a half to get paid. Part of the reason I've been on the trade Odell Beckham side of things is just because he's getting expensive and I'm not sure what his production value is going to be off the torn ACL in terms of, is it worth the money? I agree with you. Odell Beckham is a fantastic player. If the Browns can keep him on this team with everything going on, I understand. I would love that, but we've got a declining cap and an expensive receiver there coming off an injury what if Odell's not the same, et cetera. Those are the things I want to see out of Baker Mayfield. And we're just, frankly, we're not going to get to see those yet. But I, it's, to me, the the idea of, is he a franchise quarterback? That debate's over. That debate, is, yeah. I think he's he's proved this year. So as I look at his season, I say, hey, two or three things I'd still like to see worked on. But did he answer the major question we had coming into his third year? Is he the franchise quarterback for this team? I think the answer is unequivocally yes. Yeah. And to me, it sounds like uh, just, you know, listening to your response there, it sounds like you're saying like we're not at the point 
and we're probably not going to be there for at least a couple of years with Baker where like he's making the guys around him better. And what I mean by that is like, you know, it seemed like his rookie year when we had guys like um, Bashad Perriman and, and, you know, other guys were doing things and it was kind of like, is he going to be one of those guys that just kind of, you kind of put whoever around him and, and he kind of just makes them better right now. I think like with the offensive line, obviously the emergence of Wyatt Teller has been huge at guard. Uh, you have Batonio there already. Wills looks like he's going to be, you plug in your franchise left tackle to, to, for years to come. And obviously JC Treader there in the middle. And then I, I mentioned Jack Conklin already. And you talk about Austin Hooper and, you know, re-signing Kareem Hunt, which is another thing that I want to get into. Cause like, what, I, I didn't expect the Browns to re-sign Kareem Hunt. And um, when they did, I was kind of like, that kind of almost changed my thought process on like, if they're going to try and, you know, at least retain uh, Odell for another year or two. Like I thought that there's a good chance that maybe he's not on the team this year. And now I'm kind of switched my, you know, mental focus on that to like, no, I kind of do think that Odell is going to be on here. Cause I think that they want to see what they have in him one more time. They were going to use this year as their chance to see like, okay, is this going to work? Is it not going to work? It got cut short. I think they're going to give it another time, but I don't know how you feel on that. Because when I saw that the Browns re-signed Kareem Hunt, I thought that was the one guy that like, okay, we have Chubb. You're going to try and probably, we'll, we'll probably get into it later in this podcast, but like it, maybe you try and resign and maybe you don't. But when they did Kareem Hunt, I was like, okay, well, I thought you have Jarvis and then you say, okay, trade Odell, maybe draft someone, play the, you know, rookie deals. And then it was like, no, I don't know if they're going to resign Kareem Hunt when I didn't expect it. I think that there's a possibility. I don't think it's going to be a resign Odell because he's just going to be too much, but let his contract ride out. I think it's has become more of a possibility than at least I thought going into this year. I, I think it's going to depend on, on Odell's, uh, what what comes out of his camp, right? Because if you look at his contract, it's basically this year and then there's no dead cap money after it. So is he willing to ride that out? I have a feeling he's going to, would love an extension in the off season. I think that's the tricky part is if he asks for an extension, I think that's where the Browns are like, hey, that's not happening here, right? It's just, or it happens where he's getting paid less money dead cap wise than he is now or cap wise. But I would be surprised if he is opting for an extension and where he's getting less money than he's currently getting. Right. I, I, there yeah. is some, you know, you can get more guaranteed money. So it's, it's not to say it wouldn't make sense for Odell, but I, I could see some other pieces being moved on the Browns offensive side of the football and Joku looks like a prime trade candidate. And, and these are all converse and we'll have to see how the draft goes. We'll have to see how free agency goes, all of that uh, with Odell, but as far as, as this team and Baker, I think that's part of the challenge is it's almost not even a criticism because it's more of just, we haven't seen it yet. He got a good situation this year and he got such a bad situation with Freddie Kitchens that that also is not really applicable, right? It's like, okay, if Kevin Stefanski is going to be the head coach, I would eventually Baker Mayfield, just from a cap perspective, as he gets a contract from the et cetera, what's going to put make him a tier one quarterback is can he make people around him better that aren't Odell and Jarvis Landry? And I think he's shown some of that with Donovan Peoples Jones and some others, but uh, I don't know what your take is on that. Yeah. So I think that, you know, it is largely speaks to your point of, you know, the team, the organization, they've done everything they can to make it. So Baker Mayfield is successful. I talked about Conklin Hooper, obviously the Hooper signing, everything they've done drafting Jedrick Wills, like everything they've done this year, 
was to address the offense and how it can help Baker Mayfield. If you look back to last year, I mean, Ricky Seals Jones, <laughs> these, these random guys were playing tight end for us. You go out, you sign Austin Hooper, you draft Harrison Bryant. And obviously, you know, there's a decision to be made on Njoku, but every move that was made this off season seemed like it was done to aid Baker Mayfield. Then you look at the deals they did on the other side of the ball. And that's kind of where we're at this off season, because it was like last off season, we addressed the offense made everything, you know, so everything can click for Baker. Then we had holes in the defense that we kind of tried to, you know, patchwork last off season. But to speak of the deals that we made on offense, like Conklin was multi-year deal. Hooper was a multi-year deal. Then on the defense, you were signing, you know, BJ Goodson was a one-year deal. Carl Joseph was a one-year deal. So it seems like they've really thought like this off last off season, we're going to try and address the offense make it so Baker can succeed. And then this year they're going to spend the time focusing on the defense, which they need to do. But to your point, I think it's, you know, can't say it enough. It's just everything they did was to make Baker Mayfield have success and he had success. So now let's go out and address the defense, baby. Let's go. I mean, I need some linebackers, Henry. I need some defensive ends. Grant Delpit. What are we going to do at safety? Like I, I, like that defense, that has to be the focus. And we'll get into it because I don't know who they should draft. I don't know who they should sign. I don't know where you fall out on that. But again, everything that was done last year, offense this year, got to be defense. Yeah, I think they are going to spend the majority of their time on the def- defensive side of the football now that they have the question of Baker Mayfield answer, right? I'm in my mind, I'm getting this is obviously speculation, but I'm guessing the thought from Andrew Barry and company was hey, we're going to make sure he's in the right situation this year, Baker Mayfield. And if he can't succeed now, now we know. And instead, he did succeed. And they're like, okay, now we know. And now they're going to go and address the other side of the football, which I think they will do this offseason. But as far as I kind of want to blow this up and take a big picture a little bit, Jordan, is eventually speaking, and this is why I want to do this, because people are talking about Matt Stafford and the Rams and how, hey, Matt Stafford hasn't had a lot of help in Detroit. And and that's part of the reason he's – he hasn't had a lot delivered on a lot of winning seasons. Go look at their defense. Go look at the rushing attack that he's had around him. He hasn't had any help. And eventually that turns, it, it turns into that for most franchise quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield's likely going to get an extension at some point here in the next year. If you go look at Russell Wilson, if you go look at Patrick Mahomes, all these guys, eventually go look at the Steelers with Big Ben. When you pay the money to the quarterback, you lose some pieces around it. And, and that's when it becomes, okay, where does your quarterback stack up against the other quarterbacks? The Seahawks survived that because Russell Wilson's one of the top. He, to me, he's the number two quarterback in the, in the league. And the question is, can Baker Mayfield ascend into that category? And so my question to you is this. If we think about Baker Mayfield, kind of where he stands at now and where he stands at going forward, I only see, I basically see four quarterbacks as the tier one guys that can kind of, it doesn't really matter a whole lot who you put around them. They're going to be in the playoffs. And that's Rodgers, Brady, Mahomes, and Wilson. Not necessarily in that order. Um, Probably in reverse order. I think I just did it there. But uh, those are kind of the four guys where it's like, all right. And though, no matter what you have, those guys are going to get you. And then I have kind of tier two is where I have Baker, right? And the reason I do it in tiers, it's kind of like, hey, depending on the year, depending on injuries, you could see these teams, you know, up or down, depending on what's around them. You know, you've got Deshaun Watson there. I think you've got Josh Allen there. I think you've got Lamar there. I think Baker's right in that group. 
kind of that's kind of where I see him. And then I think there are a couple guys kind of behind Baker that are also still in that tier, right? Like Dak Prescott, I think would, you know, somebody, you know, coming off an injury might see that Stafford himself might be in that tier. And so I think you saw some conversation on Brown's Twitter about where Baker stacks up with Stafford and some of these other guys. Jordan, do you see it that way? Do you see that Baker Mayfield is a tier two kind of quarterback? Do you see him lower? I, it doesn't sound like you see him lower. Do you see him already getting inching into that tier one category with the Mahomes Rogers, or are you more in, in tier two right now with him? Is it, what, where are you with him on that? As far as the NFL landscape goes. Um, it's funny. Cause you know, you talk about your tier ones and I was immediately thinking off the top of my head, like it's Mahomes, it's Rogers, it's Brady, it's Russell Wilson, those four, like we can yeah. unequivocally agree on. And I mean, what's the common theme with all four of those guys that have a Super Bowl ring. So, I mean, <laughs> You know, yeah. I, <laughs> that's kind of how it works in that situation. I kind of look at Baker as a tier three, a high, high, high end tier three creeping into like the top of the tier two category. And that may be confusing, but I'll, I'll break it down. So I think that, you know, to your point in the tier twos, I would probably throw, you know, just just because of what they've done. I understand that we're probably talking of this more like going into next year. But yeah. I would probably still put um, Ben in there. I would probably, you know, I mean, he had the Steelers at 11-0 at one point. I mean, they, they might have yeah. been the worst 11-0 team in NFL history, but that, that's a conversation for another time. And then you have Drew Brees. I would probably put still put in there, although it looked like he couldn't throw the ball 10 yards down the field. We don't well, know and, really and, be back next year. Yeah, I think, so, I think, I think it's pretty certain he's not going to yeah. be back this year at this point. All I, right, so all right, we'll, cross, we'll cross him up. Yeah. Unconfirmed, but we'll, we'll it's only for, for sake. sake of the so many people have <laughs> reported that he's got a contract waiting for him at NBC. That I think at this point yeah. we can we can guess. But I, I'm just going in terms of like what he's done in the past. He's proven it in the playoffs. Yeah. Obviously, mm-hmm. proven it in the Super Bowl. And then I think that you have those guys, and then you have the kind of three guys that you mentioned in terms of uh, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson still just you know he's an MVP. I think you still got to put him probably at the top of that. And then you know. Yeah, that's when you start to think of, you know, the Josh Allens and, and the Baker Mayfields. And do they belong in that tier two? Depends on what our uh, qualifications are for tier two. So were you looking yeah. at this based on purely just based off of like arm talent, what they can do? Or are you looking at it as track record? Say like all three of those guys finally have a playoff win, right? So now you can start to look at them in a different realm than some of the guys like Dak Prescott who haven't seen that yet. So you put him a little bit behind him. Like, is that, was that kind of your thought process on ranking these guys in, in tier two? Yeah. And, and I don't think the tiers and all the, you know, I don't think the like the specific ranking and all of that is that important. I did it because I think it's helpful for me as I think about the NFL landscape is like, okay, realistically, where does Baker Mayfield slot in? And if we're talking numbers for me, he's kind of somewhere between like the eighth and 12th best quarterback. in the league, yeah. Right. And, and that's kind of how I see him right now. So yeah, as you divide it up for me, as you look at Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen and, and, and uh, I think there's opportunity to move up in the sense that I think they're both improving quarterbacks. They have the infrastructure around them, but they've also themselves specifically shown improvement where I'm like, okay, they're on an upward trajectory, right? Like Josh Allen made an insane leap this year in terms of his completion percentage. I thought Baker Mayfield made a pretty large leap in his third year from where he was in, in year two. And yeah, I, it, so all of those guys for me are people where it's like, okay, they clearly have special skills. There's clearly also some slight drawbacks still, 
You see that with Lamar. You see that with Deshaun Watson and, and even a Josh Allen as in, in that Kansas City game. But they're on an upward trajectory. I, you know, the guys like Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Big Ben, all of yeah. those for me are either kind of flat or down. So as I look at it, I'm like, okay, yes, they're all they're kind of like two guys in in a similar. To me, they're like they're those top four guys you mentioned, and then there's a big bucket of like ten or twelve other guys, and there's two types in there. Two, one is the guy that is established there, but we don't really think could go any higher anymore. And to me, that's Matt Stafford. That's Matt Ryan, right? Like those yeah. guys are established franchise guys, but they can't go up anymore. And there's another side, which is Baker and Josh Allen, where I'm like, hey, they could still get into that top level of quarterbacks. They have that opportunity. But right now they're more inconsistent and kind of in the realm of like a Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so the reason I ask is because, you know, if you're going to play it by just like, okay, you're we're playing it by win record or what this person yeah. has accomplished. Like you could say, hey, I mean, Matt Stafford hasn't won a playoff game yet. Baker Mayfield has so you you slide Baker Mayfield ahead of Matt Stafford but then you look at a Matt Ryan it's like well he's you know he's won an MVP he's been to the NFC Championship he's been to the Super Bowl like maybe he's ahead of Baker Mayfield <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. so I guess you could look at it and from I, that perspective and I hear that but I'm also like as I it is kind of looking forward right like I'm just yeah. I'm not a big guy in terms of giving credits for past accomplishments like where do I think Matt Ryan's going to be in the next three years like I'm taking Baker Mayfield for the next three what have years you done for Matt me lately Ryan. what have you done for me lately I, I mean he's he's established but I also think like we've seen the ceiling of Matt Ryan like he had a great team one year and they had great coach and they got right on the doorstep and I don't think as he ages he's going to be able to get back there w- with what's going on around him at all yeah I think the important thing to mention too, with the guys like in particular, uh, Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield, these guys who we think, you know, probably are going to be, you know, those next type of, you know, cause we talked about the tier ones, you got Rogers, you got Brady. Yeah. So, I mean, Brady and Rogers are two guys that are at the end of their career. So, I mean, if you look at it, like the guys who are going to try and fight into that tier one category now are the Josh Allen's, the Baker Mayfield's. And it's important to note too, like, like you talked about Baker as like, he's kind of somewhere in that eight to 12 type range. And if you're ranking the quarterbacks and I think that's a perfect spot for him, but it's important to note too, that like any given Sunday, he could be at the top, like he could be a top five quarterback one week next week. He could be like the 15th ranked quarterback, you know? So there's, there's leeway with these guys. And I think Josh Allen's the same way. He was playing top five quarterback ball, maybe even top three for a majority of the year. And then, you know, had a couple of rough games in the playoffs and, it's kind of more towards that like 10 to 12 category. So any, any week, really, these guys like Baker and Josh Allen have the skill set to kind of ascend their game, but also drop it back a few notches. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's why the idea of trading Baker Mayfield for any of these guys, it's like, okay, he showed that on any given Sunday, he can compete with the very best, right? And in and, and Mahomes and, and Big Ben and all of and, and that. So what what's the what's the rush to move him, right? Like he is a guy that I think at this point, as you said, is going to be fighting to get into kind of the elite class of quarterbacks as, you know, the Brady's and Rodgers move out. So as you see this offseason, I think there's a real chance Jimmy Garoppolo is still going to get moved. I think there's a real chance several other quarterbacks, obviously Deshaun Watson's going to get moved, but several other quarterbacks are also going to be moved around. Perhaps Carson Wentz, perhaps some others where, it feels like the natural inclination is to compare those guys to Baker. And I feel like Brown's fans and Brown's media keeps trying to do that. And I'm just, for me, it's like, I think Baker's right in the thick with all of them. And so we're not trading him for any of those guys. 
because yeah. he's our guy and he's in our system. <laughs> and so at the end of the day, for me, that's that's why I wanted to blow it up big picture is I just wanted to kind of illustrate that, hey, I see Baker right in the same class with pretty much all of, all of these people in terms of his ability to ascend or in his current play right now. So what's well, the most imp- what, the most important where thing could we train too- him? Like exactly. So you're talking about this, you know, just to bring it full circle to our earlier conversation of Deshaun Watson. Like, I think uh, you could probably put both those guys in tier two, um, in terms. Of, I, I mean, you you made the point that like Deshaun Watson is probably a little bit better than Baker right now, and I agree. But to me, it's not a full step better, right? It's about a half step. Yeah. And that step can exactly. go either way. So Baker could take that extra half, or Deshaun can come back half. Like I think that can go either way. So if it's that close, why are you going to risk blowing things up? It just I just, I don't even, it's just nonsense, Henry. We, we, it's just other than like, there's no other word to put it other than nonsense and, you know, off season talk. Like if the Browns are going to make a trade, like call the Texans, get them on the phone, try and get number 99 who we need. You know, we just talked about how we need to, <laughs> you know, make our defense better. Olivier yeah. Vernon's going to be gone. We're not going to resign him. That frees up a spot on the edge alongside Miles Garrett. You have t- both of those guys playing together. Sheldon Richardson, uh, Richardson, excuse me, still in the uh, middle of the defense there. Then you probably lose Larry Ogunjobi, but like that's the call to make. We don't need to make. We don't need to make this Deshaun Watson call. Stop. Stop trying to make it happen. Yeah. Everyone's, ah, uh, Bill, Bill Barnwell. What did you do, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, I, I Marshawn Lattimore is the guy I, I have circled for this Browns offseason. That's ah, the guy I'm looking for. I did. I did Buckeye. do a bunch of. I did do a bunch of uh, deep dive research into JJ Watts and really weird, fascinating stats from JJ Watt from this last season. Like he commanded the most double teams of any player in the NFL, but that. he's also, but he's also making like 17 and a half million dollars and obviously has the injury concern. So it's like right. that that's one where I I'm definitely going to be doing a podcast about that later on in, in this off season. So I was like, well, you have to call I got to start I'll researching. Make my, I'll make my case for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Jordan, I think, it's about time for us to wrap up here, but I very much appreciate you coming on today to talk Baker Mayfield in, in this Browns offensive side of the football with all the, I, I can't even really call them rumors because they're not really rumors, but with the scuttlebutt. ideas, scuttlebutt. <laughs> uh, the scuttlebutt of, of potentially <laughs> trading him for anybody else uh, out there in, in the quarterback market this season. So yeah, we'll have to have you on later this off season to talk more Brown stuff. There's so many different things to get into with this team, but, but we go one thing flowers, man. <laughs> <laughs> we absolutely could. We absolutely could. But one thing we hopefully won't need to touch on it too much more this off season for the first time in forever is quarterback oh it's such, <laughs> such a great feeling man but to watch all this the coaching searches are going on right now and you know texans hiring a guy that you've never heard of that you had to google and like who is this oh guy for the, like just for that to not be the browns for once is just oh my god it feels so great man it feels so Again, great it, like I'm, i can get used to this okay like i can get used <laughs> yeah yeah i was saying I, I was saying earlier on the podcast there was a morning where I think it was, it might've been when Dan Campbell was hired. Dan Campbell was hired as the Lions coach. And then the Steelers were talking about Dwayne Haskins signing him to their team. And I was like, God, you know, it is, it's nice to just not be involved in any of this. this Oh, it's so beautiful. Like for so long, that's all I wanted was like, oh, could we just have like a, a boring off season where it's like, Hey, we need a linebacker. (laughs) Like that's exactly where we are. We need some defensive players in the draft, (laughs) right? Yeah. All right, before we go, Jordan, just real quick, tell everybody where they can uh, follow you and, and, and hear some of your, your takes, your stuff, all that. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, so, uh, you know, you can hear me uh, occasionally on uh, 850 ESPN Cleveland, so make sure you tune in there, ESPN Cleveland. Uh, 
one to three. Uh, you occasionally hear me on uh, Cleveland Browns Daily there, so give that a listen on Twitter at J underscore Climac 20. Man, I got Bernie in my corner now. I don't know if you saw that or not, but hey, Bernie's in my corner, so go follow no, me on I Twitter. Didn't see uh, yeah, join, join along. Uh, so they did a, we did a, just a quick behind the scenes here. We did a, I was doing the, our morning show at ESPN Cleveland the other, um, on Tuesday this week. And they decided that I didn't have enough Twitter followers for their liking. So they tried to see what they could do to get my numbers up. We said, if, I can get, if they can get me to 1,500 by the end of the show, then uh, they w- we'll all make a, a donation to the Greater Cleveland Food Bank. All of a sudden, Bernie called in and he was like, yeah, you know, what? I'll put my name behind your uh, Twitter handle. Goes on Twitter, tweets it out, follows my man within minutes. <laughs> we hit our mark, 1,500. So Bernie's in my corner, at J underscore Climax 20 on Twitter. Uh, hop, uh, follow me there. Uh, I'd like to say I have a good Twitter. You know, I, I guess it's like kind of one of those things like you can't be the one to say that you do or say that you're funny. So, I mean, just go, uh, just go follow me there and decide for yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. You do great stuff. As somebody who can <laughs> say you have a great Twitter, I follow Jordan <laughs> on Twitter and it's, uh, it's entertaining stuff. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on, man. As always, as I said, we'll have to do it again soon. But Browns fans, until next time, I just have two words for you. Go Browns.